0: G'day punters, welcome to this week's episode of Bet With Brilliance, the punning preview for what is the new golden slipper day at Rose Hill and then continuing with the chalk and cheese uh, fashion, it's uh, Bendigo Bendigo Mile Day in Victoria at Bendigo there, joining me as always is uh, Jared Fish, the Sydney analyst and writer for Brilliance Racing, Fish how are you mate?
1: Going well, mate. Slipper 2.0 week this week, so yeah, we're finally going to get to see the action and
0: I'm looking forward to it. So yeah, can't wait. Won't be on a heavy 128 like it was supposed to be last weekend, which will be good, but looking at the bloke that is dressed to join us this evening, you'd think it's going to be a heavy 128. The Queensland analyst and writer for Brilliance, Nick Lloyd, joins us as well. Lloydy, show us those goggles, mate.
2: Yeah, g'day Hornet, g'day Fish. Uh, pretty wet out there still. Uh, we've, uh, you know, we've dressed for the occasion. There's a few mudlarks around to be to be found, I think, again this weekend. So hopefully we can uh, find a few winners and they actually run for a change.
1: Yeah. That's year, so- that's going well for you, mate.
2: Yeah. <laughs> be good. Fashioned on the field winners surely, in this get-up.
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: <laughs>
0: we'll, we'll be good to see a few of the mudlarks getting around... Random- get into the preview very shortly gentlemen now firstly we'll talk about the uh the william reed that was run and done on friday night since we missed the review pod for the week that one was taken out by last crusader and i've been told by fish himself that he didn't even back his boyfriend on the day what happened fish
1: yeah i was still trying to get over that one uh everyone knows i've got a love affair with mars crusader favorite horse and um yeah, I looked at it many times and just thought, how's he going to win a race from there? And even worse, he actually missed the, missed the jump, missed the kick. But it was an absolute peach from Pikey. And um, yeah, the way that he travelled in the race, he was always looking like he was going to fly home pretty late there. And I know lanes one and two, they had a, I've heard a few digits right now, but a few lengths advantage there in, in the um, inside track there. But the way he took off is just unbelievable. And uh, yeah, I think he's probably a red hot chance for the TJ Smith now as well.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, Lloydie, what do you think off that run? Would you put someone like Master Crusader in the picture for a, a TJ?
2: Look, I'd probably, I'd probably want to see him sort of go to another level again, um, or at least a bit of form come out of that race, like something like September Run. Who she was huge against the pattern. Any other, you know, you probably run that race another ten times, and she wins eight or nine of them um, against that pattern, but. Mars crusader he was he was super impressive I thought he's he's always been one that I've found a little bit tricky to catch but um, had a bit of an opinion of him nonetheless um, luck like fish had those lanes on the inside they were they' were probably a little bit uh, superior and and the form I, I don't know I just don't know if those horses are the quality of horses you'll be facing in a tj but certainly all you can do is win and he won pretty impressively
0: yeah I think it was to what Fish said, that it was an absolute peach of a ride from Pike in the way that he was able to get that gap. And I think you could, in a sense, put it down to luck that he got that gap because, uh, like you've both yeah. made note of, the, the first couple of lanes, Fish said a, a couple of lengths advantage. I think I saw something on Racing.com. They were talking about three lengths advantage. And I think there was one winner outside of the inside three lanes for the whole night. It was an impressive win. And the way that he burst through that gap in, in the straight was incredible to watch. It would be... It'd be good to see as much horses come out of that race and do something well, but you would also have liked to seen the likes of of September run probably put a mark on the the New Market more. Had she done had she run a better race in the new market and then finished the way she did there, then you would probably put a little bit more merit to that run of market.
1: Yeah, I think, I think you can probably put it down as a bit of a forgive run for, for our September run, the new market, because like uh, Nick mentioned, the way that she flew home in that uh, William Reid on Friday night was pretty fantastic. So I think uh, her and Libertini ran home quite well against the track bias. So I'm still keen to follow those horses as well.
2: Yeah, I think Libertini... Sorry, Jack. I think, yeah, I think Libertini out of that race would probably be the horse that I'd, I'd nearly be more inclined to back to turn the tables on Mars Crusader in a, in a, in something like a TJ. She's, you know, she's mixed it with the likes of Classic legend uh, in the spring last year. And she's always going to improve second up. And uh, certainly when she gets closer to her grand final, Mars Crusader, I don't know. We don't know what his grand final is, whether the William Reed was his grand final or if, you know, he will push on to a TJ or an, or an all aged or, you know, if we'll see him in a Doncaster or something, it's all up in the air with uh, anything the Hawks has trained, but yeah, I thought Libertini was great.
0: One horse that I was really impressed with coming out of that, uh, William Reid, and I'm interested to see where he goes next, is one that I had in the Brilliance Racing Black Bookers was Portland Sky. I thought he ran a massive race um, to be up in the placings where he was or around the placings there um, to go up those few kilos and and be up on the pace doing it tough and, uh, and up in the finish as well. I thought he put in a really good run. But we will stop banging on about the William Reid because, as we mentioned before, gentlemen, we've got – Uh, Golden Slipper Day at Rose Hill and it's Bendigo Mile Day in the Great Bendigo. Uh, Fish, you're in Sydney, mate. What's the weather like down there? What are we thinking the track might get to?
1: Yeah, so the rain finally stopped for us uh, yesterday and, um, oh sorry, the day before yesterday and then yesterday was really sunny and nice and warm and dry so I think at the moment it's still probably a heavy nine. At best it might get to a soft seven but as you guys know once a couple of races are run on it's probably going to slip straight back into the heavy there, so I've certainly done all my form on heavy, and but it looks as though there's going to be no rain leading up, which is good, so yeah, but heavy track for sure.
0: Yeah, and I guess one of the big talking points going into the weekend and it's something that we've had to make adjustments to and the, the reason we're doing another preview for the weekend is uh, nominations were reopened and, and more horses have now been accepted and entered to race, so it's changed the dynamic of it we will start with a Sydney gentleman, and that will be, uh, sorry, having a bit of a problem with the computer here. Is the Ramvet Stakes race four over two thousand metres? Uh, your favourite still at the moment is Adeep, The pommy Import at two dollars ten. Uh, Very elegant is out to two is up to two dollars eighty now. Uh, Colette is sitting there on the third line of betting at six dollars. Uh, then it's double figures. The rest, you've got uh, the likes of Sir Dragon A, Master of Wine. Uh, even Miami Bound is there as well. Uh, Lloydie, have you got a speed back for us, mate?
2: Mate, yeah, it's hard to see anything trying to take on a Dave uh, for the front. He's drawn barrier five under Tommy Markland. He's, he's just a tough on-pacer and he absolutely swims. Um, so he'll go forward. You'd imagine Angel of Truth, he's always shown a little bit of early speed from barrier two. Uh, probably go there. And I wouldn't be surprised to see Colette from Barry Six be a little bit more positive than what she was in the sky uh, the sky high last start where she just got a mile out of the ground and sort of made it too hard for her to run on. Um, Jay Mack on very elegant. He's going to – I think he's the one that's going to have all the favours from the inside draw there. He can just cruise up, sort of sit box seat or maybe three back the fence. And it's on a heavy track. The runs will come in the straight. I don't think um, – I think you can take bad luck out of the equation there.
0: And, Fish, we'll start with you, mate. Who have you got on top in the rambit?
1: Yeah, I've stuck with uh, Very Elegant, the queen of the turf for us. Um, I just think that the fitness edge is there on a day. Dave. But Dave's had, a, I think it's 160 days since, since his last start. So, um, yeah, I'm going to go with Very Elegant on top. The only thing I don't like is um, the fact that it's now 28 days between runs for her as well. And I do think the genuine heavy 10 back to... Probably a heavy eight, soft seven, heavy eight is a big advantage to her. Um, The danger I've got written down is obviously a dave. That's a pretty easy one for punters to pick because of the class of the horse. But I think Colette comes into the equation now as well. With Like we said, there's a bit bit of a gap there for runs between the others and Colette had a run two weeks ago. So that's why that nomination came and Hugh Bowman's going to jump on and ride and the track conditions certainly suit her as well. But yeah, very elegant on top for me.
0: And Lloydie, you said that no one's going to take or you wouldn't think that no one's really going to, to take on a day uh, to take up the lead. Have you got him on top there, mate, or are you with someone else?
2: No, mate, I, um, everything that Fish said, I just, I'd just just double up on it there. I, I think very elegant. She's clearly the class horse and the, the drier the track gets, even if it still stays a heavy eight or a soft seven, um, like it potentially could, uh, hopefully, that's just going to enhance her chances, I think. Um, a dave's a genuine mudlark. where if it was a heavy 10 you'd be all over him um but yeah no very elegant she's the one that's got the fitness on her side we'll just one note that uh a traveling foreman did note that uh he's fitter than what he was this time last year when he came over so that might be something to take into account given he did beat very elegant on that occasion as well but yeah i I'm very elegant she's gone to another level since uh, this time last year and she's up to 2000 meters for the first time this prep i think she can be winning
0: well, I'm going to go into bat for a horse. I, I don't think that she can win, but I think the conditions set up for her. And uh, since running in, uh, I believe it was a Melbourne Cup. Yeah. Since running in a Melbourne Cup uh, and returning, she's been incredible in her last two runs and showed me that she's probably come back a lot better than her last prep. And that's why I'm bound. Uh, last prep, she All of her form was on soft decks. And and the reason why she was sort of penned in in the Melbourne Cup was that good track. She's come back since and won in the, uh, the Clion Cup, I think it was, or something like that at Caulfield there. Uh, run a pretty slashing uh, eighth to best of days. And then I thought her run in the Australian Cup was absolutely massive. At the 400 metre mark, she was 16th and she finished 7th inside two lengths of... Himesman, and I think that was a track I noted in the review for that meeting that it was quite tough to make ground. I thought she was massive coming down the outside. I think the soft deck will really help her. And like I said, I don't think that she could win, but if she ran, a, if she flew into third, I'm not going to be surprised at all. I think she could run a massive race and, and probably surprise a few people in their exotics.
2: Yeah, mate, I, I agree completely. I, I actually had her in for fourth in this race, I had Colette in for third. Um, just on class, but yeah, I, I thought she was not maybe she's probably not over the odds because the place place dividend's probably a lot less than what it normally would be if it was a, a big field. But um, you know, you're sixty one dollars and you're spot on. She, she's a genuine mudlark She's she was really good in the Australian Cup last start. I think she'll be really hard to beat in a Sydney Cup in about a month's time.
0: Yeah, because I looked at the field and. I don't know if uh, you two would agree with me, but I found it really easy to put a pen through So Dragon, a Master of Wine, uh, probably even Cliffs of Mara and Natoya. Um, I mean, obviously you've got the top two in the market and then a horse like Colette's going to be very competitive as well. But I found it easy to put a pen through half of this field and that's why I think that I wouldn't be surprised at all, especially with 57 kilos and Ollie's been booked, that she could, um, could run that slashing race.
1: I wouldn't put a, a full pen through Master of Wine. I thought Master of Wine's running the uh, Chiving Norton, wasn't it, behind these these horses mm-hmm. here was quite impressive and this is getting up to a better distance range for uh, for him. But I just think, um, no, those two horses, very elegant a day, have got probably a bit too sharp for even Miami Band over this distance. But yeah, it is, it's a lot more exciting race this week than it was looking like seven days earlier anyway.
2: Yeah, and I'd, I'd hope you'd put a line through Cliff's of mower too, mate. Uh, Eat five lengths in a benchmark sixty-four at Hawkesbury last start, so that one, that should have been an easy easy pen job. I, I thought
0: I thought that was uh, I th- I thought that was just assumed. I thought we all knew.
1: I'm five dollars on her at five hundred and one, two <laughs> two and a half carry home. <laughs> yeah, and, um, a very ambitious uh placement that for sure.
2: I think they're guaranteed seven thousand dollars. Uh, I think they seven thousand back to tenth, and there's only nine in it, so. Um, probably not a bad mad bad move from the uh, connections there that horse that get a group one runner
1: yeah for sure that's, a, well, that's a, that might, might be good placement after all yeah
0: we'll move on to the next gentleman because it is the Rose hill guineas race five is over the 2000 meters again mawanga is our favorite and grand slam has been entered to Uh, Entered and accepted to run, takes up the second line of betting. Uh, Lions Raw and Montefilia ran out the top four in betting in the single digits. Then you've got the likes of Skylab, Real House, Luna Fox, uh, Clay Clay, all double figures for the rest. Uh, Another speed map there, Lloydy?
2: Yeah, look, Grand Slam looks a natural leader, I would have thought, from barrier five. He um, led all the way in the Alistair Clark last start. That was on a de- deteriorating track. It still still says a good three, but the rain had started by that time. So, I don't know if we were really on a genuine good three at that point of the time. So, wet track shouldn't be too much of an issue for him. Uh, full brother, I believe, to Jamaica, and she she got through the wet. No worries. He had a shock drawn wide. He'll go forward as well. Uh, yeah, sort of that, you'd probably imagine the likes of Kobe Starr at triple figures and maybe Wheelhouse will go and put themselves on the speed, but... Um, even Luna Fox as well. But yeah, mate, there's, there's not a great deal of speed and I think a lot of the main chances map to get a bit further back
1: in the run and it'll be running on.
0: And uh, Fish, where have you landed on top in this one, mate?
1: Landed on Tommy Berry with Moanga out of the Annabelle Nisham camp. Um, shock. I was, I was, yeah, a bit of a shock there. I've, I've given <laughs> him a rub a few times as well, but like I've said before on this pod, the CSA's run was very good. Three wide the trip and then after that Randwick Guineas run, looked like he was uh, crying out for 2,000 metres to my eye. Um, he was held up till very late and then flew home. So, yeah, I, I just feel like he might be the horse to beat in this one. Uh, there's another horse I like at odds though, Wheelhouse. Um, I loved his effort in the ranwick Guineas, where he seemed to take off pretty early and was very wide before the turn. But he sustained his sustained his run for a very long time until just dying on the line. So. I think Wheelhouse, and he's got very good wet track stats. So, Wheelhouse is my danger at pretty decent odds there. So, I like them too.
0: Are you with Mawanga as well, Lloydy?
2: Yeah, mate. I was I was keener seven days ago than what I am now. I'll, I'll admit that much, but I've still got him on top. Um, I actually, pretty much what fished said, he was, he was a certainly beat in the Randwick. Guineas. There's no, no denying him that, I don't think. But, um, nonetheless, he... He got beat, so up to the 2000 metres will suit him. The horse that I thought was massive overs in this was actually Milford, the the Kiwi galloper from the Stephen Marsh stable. Ran second in the New Zealand Derby last start on a on a soft track, which they often say New Zealand soft is closer to a, um, you know an Australian heavy. So he'll get through the wet, no worries. He's by a Saberbill. Does drop back uh, 2400 to the 2000, which'll it'll be a slight query. He'll be better in a fort, fortnight's time when they get to the Derby with him, but. Uh, he'll, be, he'll be thereabouts in the run from Barrier 3 under Timmy Clark. And I think he can, he can run a really good race. The other, the other one that I've sort of started to make a, a bit of a case for now that they've pushed the, pushed the meeting back a week is actually Luna Fox, the Australian Guineas winner. He, uh, he was really good in the, in the All-Star Mile. And I'm, you know, I sort of made a bit of a case for the horse first up in the CSAs. I backed him in the Caulfield Guineas last year when he ran fifth. And unfortunately I jumped off in the Australian Guineas when he got up at three hundreds, but that run in the all-star mile was, was super. He was tough. He got through the wet track and, you know, the likes of Mugatu, Russian Camelot, they're, they're superstars. Uh, And he was only beaten, you know, three and a half lengths by those ones. He now gets the fortnight between runs instead of the seven day backup. There's, there's no reason why he can't figure here.
0: Yeah. It's a great point that you make to form behind the likes of Mugatu, and then obviously you look at the horses that he's beaten in that field. You've got the likes of A there, who's a Caulfield Cup winner, and that was on that was on a soft seven, I believe, that Caulfield yep. Cup. So um, there's a pretty good honour roll that uh, Luna Fox has built up for horses beaten. I'm going to go in for the filly who's actually, I believe, the lone Group One winner at this distance in the race. And that's Montefiola. When you go back and look at uh, the, I'm just bringing that race up now. Sorry, punters, because I've got a little bit on here. When you look at that, uh, that champion, that spring champion stakes, already beaten the likes of uh, Lions Raw, Bucharest in this race. And another horse that I've actually noted that that Montefiola beat in that race was Cherry and coming out of the Australian Guineas. The talk was that he was maybe the best three-year-old the country and uh obviously run since then at the Mooney valley was that moonee valley was quite disappointing i am a little bit less confident now that uh as fisher said earlier that the rain's sort of staying away and it's probably going to dry up i think if it was a a heavy track i'd really be looking to bet up for i think she's going to be one that the market finds um i think she's what around seven dollars at the moment i think maybe five would be rock bottom for me to have a bet but I think I think she's got a, a really good chance of, of winning this race.
1: I mean, it's, yeah. it's, certainly, it's certainly still going to be a very heavy track out there, especially this time of the day. So I wouldn't let, let that lead you off. But yeah, Montefilia is certainly one that I had in my numbers as well. Great horse for um David Payne and Tracing Collard will try and, try and um, guide her from the back.
0: You might might see me at rose Hill Guinea's at five o'clock on saturday morning with a fire hose just flooding the joint around <laughs> around the 1600 meter mark because i'll just want everything that's up and running at that point in the ground and she'll be behind them she'll paddle away and then just swim home it'll be good to see
1: You'll be able to take Lloydy with you with his goggles on, mate. He's got the right people for it. I'm
2: actually I'm actually replacing our president in the uh, Golden Slipper, mate. I'm the 16th runner. So that's why I've got the goggles <laughs> on. I'll be swimming up the home straight.
1: <laughs> oh,
0: talk about looking forward to it, gentlemen. One race that I'm really looking forward to is the next one at Rose Hill, race six over 1,500 metres. It's the group one, George Ryder Stakes. Avilius is our favourite, uh, around the $4.20 mark. Funstar is on the second line of betting, and I still can't believe that is around five sixty. Uh 60 Colding and Star of the Seas are there. Dawn Passage, Dreamforce, Mizzy, Gem Song, Juniper, And honestly, I don't really care about the rest because I don't think they can win. Uh, Lloydie, have you got a speed map for us there as well?
2: Um, I have predicted the final hundred meters and it'll be Avilius um, first, daylight second. But uh, for the first, for the first furlong, I suppose we'll see Dreamforce, last year's winner, go forward from barrier two. Some doubt. Uh, oh, he's no good, but he'll lead. Um, think it over, Mizzy, She's been going pretty well. She'll be thereabouts. Um, but yeah, that's about it. I think Avilius. I think he's drawn the inside barrier this time last week, and uh, he's been relegated to barrier six. But uh, I think that's just even better. Better for him, we're uh, getting 4.25 instead of 4.20, I think this time seven days ago, he's a bet. Fish?
1: Yeah, mate, exactly the same as what Nikki just said. Um, big fan of Avelius here in this race. I just think he's got the form on the board with a third in the chipping Norton and that was a very close finish. He generally improves second up. Um, I love natural will sticking because we spoke about it last week, Jack. Um, I think the strong, strong rider on Avelius is good. Every track tick and, yeah, the barrier upgrade is quite good to move to barrier six and get out of the inside trouble. My danger was actually Star of the Seas, who I thought picked up very well late in the All-Star Mile against the track bias that we spoke about earlier. Um, he's on the peak fitness now and another one with heavy track form. And I'm just going to throw in the other one, Star, because I think that's your trifecta. Those three look the class above the rest of these horses. So, yeah, but that's the way I've seen it.
2: What, I was just about, about to start. I was just about to start praising you for a second fish and say I've got it the exact same way with um Avilius a clear on-topper. Star of the Seas, the main danger. He's a he's a mudlark and he was really good. And then then you mentioned Funstar. You can have fifties. <laughs> I'll give you a fifties for it. <laughs> well,
1: thank you, mate. I'll take it. Funstar was in the um, disadvantaged part of the track. That yeah. pod, <laughs> uh, Tommy Burr as yeah. well. There's a couple of ticks there.
2: He, he's on fire, Tommy Berry. He'll probably ride at home. But yeah, no. Look, I, I thought Song was the other one to, to throw in your numbers at um, 20s. I think that format of the Newcastle Newmarket will stack up all right with the likes of Batiga probably headed towards a Doncaster, those two. Um, but yeah, I, I just thought of Ilyas, you'd probably check your sports bet account now and they've probably already paid you out. Yeah, yeah $4 dollars,
0: unbelievable,
1: isn't it? Stoked about that. A lot more money than last week. Yeah.
0: We're seeing it very much the same here because I've got uh, Avilius on top. I think one horse is taking up way too much of this market and the reason why we're getting such a good price about Avilius is Colding. How he's around the $6 mark and never won on a heavy is absolutely beyond me. Um, I think we spoke, uh, Fish, when we reviewed Chipping Stakes Day that he was quite disappointing there considering the run that he had in the race. Uh, I thought he was quite good in the, the Apollo and the Expressway leading up to it. Um, but I've got to tell you, Fish. I think you've lost your marbles a little bit throwing uh, Fun start into the numbers. I thought she was in the chair before her last run, and I'm not going to. I'm not going to give her any credit off one run. Um, but I'll agree with you as well. I think uh, agree with both of you boys. I think that Star of the Seas is a massive, uh, massive danger. I, going into that blaming and coming out of it, I really wasn't expecting that Star of the Seas would go to uh, go to an All Star Mile. But he did put in a massive run there. There's no doubting that. Um, I guess that was probably just probably just lured in by the money for that race. Um, I think he can run a massive one and probably get into second. But I've got to I've got to reiterate what Nick said. I think it'll be Avilius first and and Daylight second. And, and uh, Nick, you might be able to comment on this. Avilius last prep going around Victoria. Uh, Went around in a few races and and was quite disappointing. I think the Sandown Cup comes to mind, and didn't win. A lot of people write him off of that, but he the sectionals he's putting in was still quite good. He couldn't have run really much better, and he was sort of beaten by the the track conditions and and race maps. Is that about right?
2: Yeah, it was a it was a funny campaign really. He um it it sort of seems like the the end plan of the Melbourne Cup was always James Cummings's. Um, agenda, I suppose, but he he was given no chance in that really. he Got a mile back and they they walked in front. It was one of the slowly most slowly run Melbourne Cups you'll come across for a while, and then he backed up into the Sandown Classic. But uh, right, he he got a long way back from memory. That was a day you you could not make ground and and sound and Brimham Rocks and Future Score. They they just crawled out in front um, of Villiers and he clocked. He might have rattled home with the best closing, you know, 800, 400, 200 of the day. Um, and the times that he ran, like you say, you, you can't run much quicker final sectionals than that. He just had everything against him on the day. So I, I think he'll be better. I, I Actually, I was talking to um, Brody about this time probably six months ago. And I think he's the sort of horse that they've maybe fin- figured out now that they get to this time of his campaign where he'll be a little bit like Hartnell. We saw Hartnell go around in a couple of Melbourne Cups and then he came out and won an Epsom and he just became a wait-for-age, uh, wait you know, handicap mile superstar Um, I think Avilius, he's the horse that will start winning these mile races and he he could be an Epsom chance in the spring.
0: Well, that'd be certainly very exciting to see, but I'm going to move it on here, boys, because I'm really excited to talk about this one. Race 7 is over 1,200 metres and, of course, it's for the two-year-olds. It is the golden slipper. Uh, Profiteer is our favourite around the $3.75 mark is what I'm seeing here at the moment. Stay Inside takes up the second line of betting. Uh four moves ahead is there a third, my boy Artorius. Uh you can have around ten dollars for him and it's obviously double figures the rest, Ingratiating, Animo, Home Affairs, Shaquero Uh Lloydy, speed map, is gonna go forward, obviously. What else is gonna happen?
2: Yeah, look, Profiteer, he'll definitely go forward. Glistening, she's drawn a barrier to our, or out, uh, barrier seven, so outside Profiteer, so she'll go forward as well there. You'd imagine Koleshnikov, Home Affairs, they use their inside alleys to um put themselves in a spot. And Shaquero, Rocket Tiger, those two drawn out pretty wide. You'd, you'd imagine that both of those two will go forward as well, but I. I'd imagine, yeah, there's probably something else that goes forward and tries to pest a profiteer a little bit, but whether or not they'll have the speed to match him early, I don't know.
0: And who have you got on top, Fish?
1: Yeah, I was with him last week, and I'm, um, I'm with him again this week. i uh, stay inside. Just think Barry 3 is absolutely perfect. As long as he jumps well, he'll um, stalk profiteer. He'll stalk profiteer there and go forward. Um, his four length win on the soft ground that day in the Prio played at Ramwick was quite emphatic and I was there and it was definitely the one ride that I took home with me and just thought wow, that was you know something special so yeah, I'm, I'm on the staying side bus there, decent odds if you ask me uh, more dangerous home affairs, who's also drawn well in um, barrier 2 J-Mac on and proven on soft ground and yeah, I just feel like you, you want to be one of them horses that's going to be probably in the front 5 or 6, 7 uh, around the turn. Then the, another one that interests me is um, number 10, Nick Lloyd with the blinkers on coming down the straight there. So, <laughs> yeah, but, nah, for sure staying side. I did want to ask you, boys, um, you know, now that we've lost the seven days with these two-year-olds, probably gets a bit interesting, you know, you got um, just with a, an extra week's gap, like Artorias is now 35 days without a run. You got four moves out of Mallory coming out of their races with the 28 days, so a full-month break. Todman and Reeling, stakes a 21-day, so three weeks, and then Shaquira obviously wanted a seven-day backup. Now get 14. Do you think, do you think the extra week off will, you know, affect a few of the horses, or the race won't change as much as what we think it would have been last week?
2: Oh, I think it has a massive impact. There's only been one from the, I think one from 29 um, winners to have won on a 21-day backup. So that takes a lot of these runners out of it. Um, profiteer I, I had him you know sort of banging on top or you know close you know I was probably backing him and saving on o president seven days ago um, but he's now had one run in the last seven weeks which really worries me a lot for him you're right about Artorias. Um Shaquero they they won the magic millions off a seven day backup which they probably tried to go the same recipe and now they've got 14 days with him the only the only plus, I suppose that you can look at it is that every runner's in the same boat. Uh, there's nothing really in this, you know, that that has the extra fitness on the board at all. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if you can look too much into it, but certainly it'll have to play an impact on those runners that are a long time, you know, five or six weeks between runs. The point yeah,
0: that before... I... I'm sorry. Sorry, Joe. Uh, the, the, I think the most in- interesting thing leading into this golden slipper, and it's really not being factored in by the market is the strength of the Melbourne form and that blue diamond form you look at, and even the preludes and such. I mean, uh, Animo ran a really strong race in that Golden Slipper and has come out and won in Sydney since. Uh, Scorched Earth was in the, uh, the Phillies prelude or the preview, uh, then went to Murray Bridge, won the Magic Millions in South Australia, came back to uh, Mooney Valley and, and won at Mooney Valley. And some other horses have put in some really strong runs around the place. Um, I think that Melbourne form line is a lot stronger than maybe the markets really factoring in for.
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, they've they've all sort of come out and fainted it really well. The only my only my only knock in a race like this Slipper is that the three what have we got? We've only got the three runners coming from Melbourne with Artorias. Animo and ingratiating those three, they're going to be a mile back in the run and none of them really have any exposed wet track form. They're not necessarily bred to, you know, really, really handle the wet track. Um, like we've seen in the past. That's, that's my big knock. If, if one of them, you know, if it was the likes of something that sat up on the speed and a blue diamond and tufted out to hang on for, you know, fourth or fifth and they were coming here and they mapped to find a prominent spot of the run, I'd be all over them. But, just these three, they, they just don't strike me as the sort of horses that are going to be able to make an impact, unfortunately.
1: Well, I think if you see a couple of races earlier in the day where there's a few running down the outside and the outside of the track looks advantageous, then you might be able to factor those horses in, But it, because this race is going to be super fast. We all know that. So yep. there's always that chance, however, yeah, like I said, I, the way I see it is you want to be in the front five or six, seven around the bend and and, and make your luck from there.
0: I'll, I'll jump on the back of what Fish was saying about the track pattern and how it could play out on the day, on Saturday. Looking at the figures, and I'm with Artorias on top here, uh, looking at the figures, the first one I'll give you is his last 600 in the Blue Diamond where he won. He ran a 35-2 over the last 600. He then has obviously trialled at Randwick since then. That was on a good track. Uh, and in the last 600, he put in a 35.6, so only 0.4 of a second off of his 600-metre run in the Blue Diamond. And then you make the note about soft tracks, and it is a very good one. When he ran second to jigsaw at at Geelong, that was on a soft five, and he ran a 34.2. So when I'm looking at that, I'm almost gaining confidence in a sense that maybe he doesn't, really mind this thing out of the track at all, and it might not be as big an issue as we think. Um, it's obviously a massive difference between what will be a heavy track on Saturday at Rose Hill and a, a soft five at Geelong. But looking at it figures-wise, I'm not as concerned as I probably could be about the fact that the the deck's going to be rain affected. Mm, yeah,
2: it's interesting. I... Um... Right, well, yeah, I, I think he's a great horse, Artorius, and he'll he'll be a better three year old and he could even be a better two year old when he gets to the champagne and the size out over a little bit of a trip. Um but yeah, he's he's a long time between runs now and that wet chuck it's gonna be it's gonna be take a bit of a fitness toll on him, but he could very well, like you say, he could just be a superior animal and come out and win and um, you know, I won't necessarily be surprised if he wins, but I, I'm not I'm not backing him.
0: So then I'll quickly ask this question before we go forward to the next race guys say Artorias comes out and wins the golden slipper from memory there's been very few horses that have done the diamond slipper double do you think we'd ever see him run again I mean Flying Artie's stud value would go through the roof if Artorias did the double and I imagine the stud value for Artorias would be incredible do you think we'd ever see him run again
1: Oh, it's a, it's a tricky one these days that we see horses getting retired to start very quickly in their careers, and some of them seem a bit ridiculous. But I mean, those two wins yeah, they're definitely big ticks on the board. So I'm sure that question would come into it. But they might even try and go on being only two years old, they might even try and go on for another six months or maybe even strike another another big race like that to just enhance the value even more. But yeah, I'm not too sure. That's a good question,
0: especially if oh, you I think,
1: we're, yeah.
0: I was just about I to say, especially, sorry. I was just about to say, especially if he's that superior animal that that Nick's alluding
2: to. Yeah, I'd I'd be surprised to see him retire if he's managed to win, win this. Like, he'll I'd imagine you'll see him sort of similar path to Olay Kirk. Um, you go to Golden Rose, Caulfield Guineas. Um, if they if he's good enough, maybe a Cox Plate and then come back at it for a tilt at the Australian Guineas in the um, autumn, and that might be the end of him.
0: All right, well, with that, we'll move on, gentlemen, because the last race we'll look at at Rose Hill is the Bisley Workwear Galaxy over 1,100 metres. Now, the dynamic of this race has changed massively since uh, the championships has been po- or uh, delayed a week in Sydney. Uh, joint favourites, roughly, at the moment, Hawkbury uh, on her and Talia at around the $5 mark. Eduardo, after breaking the track record with Nature Strip, Uh, in their last start is at $7 along with Wild Ruler coming off of a first-up win. Uh, Then it's double figures for the likes of Jonka, Dirty Work, Fabagino, who's a bit of a girlfriend of mine. Uh, Then talk about Mudlarks. King Mudlark is there uh, at $18. Jungle Edge, Easy Eddie, Order of Command. uh, The field goes on. Uh, What's the speed map looking like here, Lloydie?
2: Yeah, Jack, well, um, just before I get to this speed map, I will say the one horse that maps perfectly in the um, Golden Slipper, I'll get my tip in real quickly, um, Mallory. Oh, 30, sorry, mate, I,
0: right.
2: I thought you got that in. No, that's right. $34, Mallory, have something each way, but agree with fish, what Fish said about stay inside. Moving on to the Galaxy, uh, another cracking cracking group one. We've got Speed to Burn. Um, yeah, you know, you draw, draw a name out of a hat, what horse leads. Um, the Odyssey, he'll go forward from out wide. Eduardo's got speed to burn early. Hawkbury on her, Jungle Edge, Taya, Bella, Bella They're all going to go forward. Um, what won't lead, probably Dirty Work and Fiesta. They'll be at the back and Easy Eddie probably takes a sit from the inside alley. But, um, yeah, there's speed all over the park, as you'd imagine, in an 1,100-metre Group 1.
0: And who have you got on top at the moment, Fish?
1: Just looking at the speed, map, which is, you know, an absolute... Uh, Springerfine—they're all going to just take off and go for it. I've sort of mapped this race out as like a bit of an endurance test, and who's going to be the horse that's strongest late? And I've landed on the Godolphin horse Taliard. Um, She's never missed the Cornella. Gets fifty-one k kilograms, so you know. And Rachel King knows the horse well. Um, and yeah, based on the fact that I think it's just going to be a test for who's strongest late, I think there's a big advantage there with the weight. Um, my danger was Horbury on her, who. First up, last preparation, almost broke the track record over 1,200 metres and then ended, ended the preparation heading down the Everest path where she finished fifth. So, you know, the form out of that's quite good and she's going to be ready to go first up, but it is a testing track. And then the other one, can't leave out Eduardo because he, he did break the track record last start and and his form on soft tracks and heavy tracks is actually quite good. So, but yeah, Talia on top for me. Yeah, did you see it, Ludie?
2: Mate, oh, I don't know why I'm here. There's no, no point. You're just saying exactly what I'm saying. Uh, Tay she, she just wins. Um, barrier 6, she'll, she'll be there. She'll, she won't lead, I don't think, but she'll certainly be very, very close to the speed, probably with a little bit of cover. Um, she's got no weight on her back. She swims. We've seen that time and time and time out. Uh, four starts on a heavy three wins a second, and she's had one win on a soft. Uh, while shooting to win, they they've always sort of managed to handle it. She she's nearly she's nearly best of the day for mine. I I just think she absolutely brains them. Horbury on her the danger, but yeah, that's tell, tell you she'll win by three.
0: Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna give the pun of something because we're not just gonna sit here and tip favourites all night, boys. That's not what it's about. Um, even though we were having that discussion the other day, I'm gonna go in and make a case. Uh, for a horse that I did uh, on Challenge Stakes Day, actually, when Eduardo and Nature Strip broke that track record. Uh, Saturday, she's going to have 52 half kilos on her back with Group 1 Bossy on board, hopefully. I think Bella Vella, at 20-odds, uh, can run another massive race. The sting out of the ground is definitely going to help her, I think, especially if it's in the, that heavy range. She's got a win in a second to her name. Uh, 11 starts at the distance and six times she's been in the placings. Twice she's won uh, from gate ten. It's again going to suit her racing pattern where uh, she'll probably sort of get in with a bit of a, a bit of cover and she'll sit behind the pace and, and hopefully peel out to a, a firmer part of the the deck than, than most will get to. Um, I'll be looking forward to, to seeing her run another big race on Saturday.
2: Uh, she's yeah. out of a out of a well-named dam forget the weather uh, you, you <laughs> might you might have to
0: <laughs> I just think I think that coming out of that that challenge stakes which was a really fast run race is going to set her up yeah. really well for this for this assignment on Saturday it's going to be another fast race the the weather is not going to be an issue she drops four kilos from that start um, yeah. I'm actually going to go and have a look at at Ladbrokes now for the odds because I think that at a even on a a, a place line, uh, well there you go, twenty six to win and six to place. She could run a, a really good race and and probably, you know, she might sneak into a place and and you'll get some some back there. But we're not just going to sit here and tip favourites all night. something I, uh,
1: I could be wrong, but it's never ever over race in
2: Sydney. I don't think so, no.
1: I think so. So you're telling me that horses horse is coming down to Sydney first time, going to sprint around the track on a heavy eight and beat Eduardo and tally over that weight. Come on, Jackie, you're having a laugh, mate.
0: <laughs> Look, you, you've just made the the, the the point about Fabagino, and and I'll have you know that she ran a 900-metre trial at Rose Hill with mac on board and won by two lengths.
1: I did, I did watch that trial, and it was very impressive, so... Fair point. You've covered yourself there nicely. Mm-hmm.
0: So in-
2: <laughs> J-Mac, J-Mac jumps off, but he didn't want it. He wasn't, he wasn't impressed.
0: <laughs> oh, if he's not impressed by breaking the 55-second mark in a heavy nine over 900 metres, he'll never be impressed in his life.
1: Yeah. You're getting good odds for it, 17 bucks, mate. So I'm, I'm definitely all for it. And I'm a big fan of Brenton Adela, so so go for it.
0: So that's what we've got from Sydney there, punters. Now, we are going to move forward to uh, Bendigo once I can bring that information up here. So we'll firstly recap it, Uh, boys. Who do you think – who's your best – we'll start with you, Fish. Who's your best for the weekend in Sydney?
1: Uh, My best in Sydney is going to be Moanga in the Rose Hill Guineas, 2,000 metres, I just think. Um, he's primed up for this race and ready to go. And I'm, I like the fact that Annabelle snuck snucking down to Queen midweek with all the rain, getting the track gallop, and Tommy Berry happened to be there. So I think that's another advantage. And yeah, happy to happy to have my longer is my best at $3 there. And uh
0: Lloydie is it?
2: Uh no, early on in the card, mate. Not not a Group one. I I think you can um absolutely fill your pockets in the opener with Doubtland. $8.50 you're getting about this bloke. He's undefeated second up, undefeated on wet tracks. His run in the fireball, I didn't actually think was all that bad. He got beat three and a half lengths and he, he was battling a long way from home. But what he what he did late was pretty good. And there were some serious gallopers that he was beaten by. You know, Wild Ruler and uh, Andermatt on a good four. He gets his heavy track second up. He wins.
0: Yeah, and he does have some former and some really good horses. I mean, he was three lengths off September run in a Coolmore stud. So I'll definitely not talk anyone out of backing Doubtland. But what we will do, boys, is we'll move forward to uh, one of the feature races on the card at Bendigo, of all places, is the Bendigo Guineas over the 1,400 metres. Our favourite at the moment is $2.90 Ana Visto uh, Military Parades. Is there with Mozzie Monster, Redeal, and Set Song are all in single figures and then it's double figures likes oh, of Palace Whisper Conceded No Restriction. Uh, and then you've even got the likes of Last Start Win Air Defense in the field as well. Have you got a bit of a speed map for this one here as well, Lloydie?
2: Mate, um, look, Bendigo is certainly not my not my forte normally, but we've we've had a bit of a look thanks to the, you know good mates that punters. Um air defence air defense led all the way last start um, from memory at the Valley. So you'd imagine Dylan Dunn will take him to the front again from barrier six. Uh, Palace Whisper, she was she was up there handy. Actually, no, she wasn't. Punters, they're playing me here. Um, she got a long way back last up so she might be able to be ridden a little bit further forward. Ornamental Lady apparently will go forward, and I wouldn't be surprised to see Jamie Carr and Ana Visto try and find a bit of a spot handy. Um, you know, she doesn't always go forward, but... I think that's the, the option at least to settle closer.
0: Well, uh, what we'll do is we'll quickly go through a bit of track information. Sorry, punters, They're looking at a soft seven at the moment uh, in Bendigo and the rail's going to be in the true position the entire circuit. I will tack on from what you've just said, Lloydy. Uh, Rathlin out of gate three is always up on the pace and we'll definitely use that gate to go forward. From gate one, I can't see conceded going back. I think they're going to have to use that gate to try and avoid bad luck, which is uh, what he's run into a couple of uh, starts so far this prep. Uh, from gate nine, the likes of redeal, I think, we'll definitely go back. That's a bit too wide uh, for her. Uh, looking at the fields here, punters, uh, we've already been through that. I'm sorry, uh, Fish. Have you had a chance to have a look at the race, mate? Who have you got on top?
1: Yeah, mate, I'm sticking loyal with the uh, Sydney, Sydney boy, Military Parade, uh, out of the Hawks camp. I just think uh, all his runs over his career, so far have had quite a good merit in him. Um, the only thing I'm worried about is five-week gap between races, but he had a race hill trial probably the same day as Fabergino there on the heavy track, and um, he looked to move quite well in that, so nothing that the Hawks camp does surprises me, and I'm also a massive fan of young Will Price, who's riding quite well down there, so... I'm going to take the seven dollars on top of the military parade and probably the danger in the race. Apart from the favourite, I don't mind the look of redial. Um, Philly out of the price in Kent yard, who was quite quite sensational winning that last race at Sandown, and I was uh, on on her that day, so happy to have her down as the danger. But yeah, same as what Nick said. Bendigo is certainly not my forte, but I had to dive into the form guide for you.
0: And uh, Lloydy, what do you reckon you was the favourite here?
2: I've actually got a black booker in this race and I saw the notification pop up on Wednesday and I got a little bit excited because I had a look through and I thought, geez, this actually sets up really nicely for this horse and it's horse for Seb Song. Uh, He's a gelding by Sebring. Had the three career starts for a win in two seconds. Uh, Ran second on debut, finished three and a half lengths behind Shelby Cobra at Sale on a heavy 10. Format of that race has actually been really strong. Shelby Cobra went on and won a stakes race on stakes day it's over the flemington carnival franking the form then went out and is only narrowly beaten at um at donald its next start i was on it that day and it then it came out missed the kick at the valley and it brained them one by nearly uh three and a half lengths there first up off 117 day break uh the wet track it'll suit its only wet track run with its second on debut to shelby cobra um, barrier five maps perfectly under billy egan i think it can be winning but military parade for danger as well for my there.
0: well i've just told you for tipping favorites all evening and it's exactly what i'm about to do if anna vista does not miss the start in this race i can't see how she will be beaten uh what you alluded to there just before Lloydie. From barrier eight with Jamie Carr on board, she'll definitely go forward. Uh, can't remember who was on it, was uh, Ollie on last start where she missed the kick. I think uh, the soft hands of Jamie Carr is obviously going to be uh, massive for her. And that last run of hers, even though I did tip uh Cumberbatch on top on the day and, and Cumberbatch got the win, uh, she was massive to get two second and. Still really could have won from where she was. Um, I think she'll be up on the pace, which will be handy on the day at Bendigo. And and I think she'll be incredibly hard to beat there. Uh, in terms of a danger, I really couldn't find one. I'll put a pen through that air defence race last start at Moonee Valley. Rathlin is absolutely no good. Uh, conceded. I've tried to stick up for him this prep and he's burnt me every single time, so I'm off him there. Um, I'll make a slight case for for redeal, actually, because uh, her win first up in at uh, the Lakeside Track at, at Sandown was incredibly impressive. She sort of got back in the run and she had to go back in towards the rail and and burst through the field just late there, carrying 59 and a half. It was the cars on board, Michael Walker. Uh, that was a massive run from her to win uh, that day. I think that uh, the the step out to 1,400 metres, that'll be absolutely no issue for her. I think the one thing that beats her is probably the map. Um, I think Ana is your winner in this one.
2: Yeah, I think I think a trifecta with her three on top picks there might be the way to go.
0: We'll move forward to the Golden Mile because there's one horse in here that I certainly love uh, to watch and go around, but punters, it's the Golden Mile over 1,600 metres, race number eight, favourite at the moment is Pineclad with Jamie Carr on board around the $4 mark. Uh, Kenya, the Lloyd-Williams horse, trained by Rock Hip, Rock, uh, Rob Hickmont, I'll get it out eventually, uh, with Jai McNeil on board is around five, and then it's... Uh, double figures, the rest, High Stranger, Platoon, all two hewing the Candyman. The Queenslander goes down there for a crack uh, back into the Barry Baldwin stable. Uh, and then it's a bit longer, the rest of the fields. Uh, Lloyd, you mentioned that the Candyman is in the Peter Moody stable, which is quite interesting. Have you had a look at a bit of a speed map here as well? Or?
2: Yeah, look, this one looks a little bit more black and white, I think, mate. There's a few horses that I've of you've seen go around time and, and time and time again. Surreal image drawn the inside. Uh, always shows a bit of natural speed and you'd imagine it'll lead. Inverloch, it'll always go forward. It's probably looking for further than, than the mile, but nonetheless, it'll go forward. Um, Kenya, the Lloyd Williams-owned runner for Rob Hickmont, it's, it's shown plenty of early toe and then the likes of all too high young uh, and maybe even Sky with the, the stay resuming will also be there, Ironclad, the South Australian runner, visitor, favourite, showing a bit of early speed in its first couple of runs over uh, in Down Under. And I'd imagine Jamie Carr takes it and maybe tries to settle one out, one back or three back the outside.
0: Well, I might kick us off here for a tip before we go to you, Fish, because looking at this race, I found it quite easy to put a pen through the likes of, well, Vacillators entered to run. Vacillator ran on Wednesday, so that won't be happening. Um, I think all to Hewing, so far, this prep has sort of been really any type of uh, impressive uh, going back to sort of December there. Uh, just did nothing to impress me whatsoever. Uh, I think what you said, Inverlock will definitely be looking for further. The one that I've landed on top with is Kenya here. Uh First up, last start won the Peninsula Cup. A very short, it was backed massively actually that day. I do recall, uh, and won there and, and showed some real talent, winning by five lengths. Uh, came out next start in the Sandown Stakes, was just beaten by Junipal. Pal uh, from Gate Twelve. Will definitely go forward. I think probably the the biggest factor in this race is is Jai McNeil for uh, the Lloyd Williams uh, the Lloyd Williams camp. Um, and, and Rob Hickmon, um, since he's won the Melbourne Cup for them on the horse whose name is currently escaping me, and I'm hoping one of you two will dig me out of a hole here.
2: Zippy, hey, Twilight Payment.
0: That's the one. So <laughs> I reckon that's probably the that's probably the the writing on the wall. I think Candyman obviously handles the. The rain affected decks really well, and and can probably run a big race as well as the likes of Moonlight Maid. Um, but I've got Kenya on top here. What did you think, Fish?
1: Um, the way I seen it was similar to what um, Nikki mentioned before. I've gone the way of Ironclad um, from the Aussie Bloodstock Camp. Will Clarkin going for, uh, oh, has won three in a row, so going for four in a row. I think. Um, He's drawn, he's drawn well enough to get, get himself into the second pair back maybe um, and, and then just um, ride for luck late there. But, yeah, I feel like if they can win this race, it's a pretty good move by Will Clark and good placement over the last few races and they might be able to target something in the spring if they can get the job done here. My um, danger was High Stranger at a barrier four by Merton's on. Um, also drawn well, but needs probably needs a good track, which... Looking at the radar, I'm hoping we're going to get on Saturday. But I thought he went okay down the straight there at Flemington over the twelve hundred meters. And then following that went went to the uh Echuca cup and won, won by a couple of lengths. So set up to sixteen hundred meters looks to suit for High Stranger and yeah, but I'll be having to pile on Ironclad uh, in the race for sure.
0: Is that where you're going is going as well, Lloydie? I don't want to miss you miss you this time for a tip, mate. I'll I'll get get sprayed again for that. Are you with ironclad here?
2: Mate, um, <laughs> i I may as well swap my tips around. I was gonna say what my tip was and what my danger was, but it'll just be rinse and repeat. So I'm gonna I'm gonna back High Stranger and I'm gonna save on Ironclad. Um I thought High Stranger was dominant in the Achuka Cup last start, uh won that by nearly four lengths under Pikey. Um soft track. It hasn't won on a soft with eight starts and three minor placings, but its heavy form's fine. It's it uh Ran second to Rok- Rokabashirana, who I think might be in Hong Kong now, but he was a really good horse. Um, beat beat home the Astrologist and Hilo, who are a couple of names that, you know, they pop up in some decent races. Um, and then one on a heavy to start prior where it beat Booty Supreme, uh, the Astrologist, Absolute Flirt. I did it for Love, who's won a few runs now. So that wet track form doesn't look too bad. Admittedly, it's better forms on the good, but a by margins i can't see any reason not to not to back it and it's two from two at bendigo as well so um these country tracks this time of year can kind of be a little bit of a horses for courses type setup and he's one horse that will certainly relish the um the race conditions
0: can also throw up some really weird results too these these types of meetings in these um on these country tracks so I wouldn't be surprised if the likes of, of Kenya and Ironclad get knocked off and, and something, mm-hmm. I don't know, something that I've thrown in the bin, maybe maybe Platoon, who who ran a big race a couple of starts back, comes out and and, and runs a whole, who knows. But what we'll do, boys, is uh, we're going $100 on the nose for the weekend, one bet for the whole weekend, uh, and we've got to make it, make it worthwhile. Stop it, you fish. Where are you going, mate?
1: I'm going to dump the hundred on Avelius. I would have thrown it on Moanga, but when you can give me an extra hundred and twenty, um, I'm going to dump the hundred on right now on Avelius in the George Rider stakes because I just feel like it sets up too good for him there, and I'll be disappointed if if I don't come away with the chocolates. What about you, Ludie?
2: Mate, I'm going to head north to glorious Doomben. Uh, we got a we've got a heavy ten track, so just beautiful conditions for a bet. Um, my favourite drink, nearly my favourite horse, race four, number three, Bundy and Coke. He's won two from two on heavy tracks at Doombin over the 1,200, up to 1,350. I'm going to have the 100 on him at $4.40, and I'm going to buy myself 67 Bundy and Cokes on the night out with the winnings.
0: Unreal. I really admire that not only do you know how much you're going to win, but you've you've spent <laughs> it already.
2: Mate, it's the only way to do it really, isn't it?
0: You've almost uh, filled me with confidence to go and back the horse on Saturday, but I'm going to have an absolute fill-up on Montefilly up. Uh, I'm going to have the 100 on the filly in the guineas on the nose. Um, I'll take $7.50 at the moment. Thank you very much. Actually, she's been drifting in the market. I don't care. Wrong. She's going to win. And will uh, give you 10. Done. And, and I'll have an absolute fill up on Saturday. Don't really care how much streaks cost on Saturday. Once I finish work and I head out, actually, I'll be at I'll be at the, the Broncos Bulldogs game, so you'll see me on a camera mm. there somewhere.
1: What a game! What a game that is! Yeah,
0: so, just you'll quietly
1: need to a bit that one, mate.
0: Just quietly to finish off the the Pod Boys. Isn't that going to be a Battle of the Spastics on Saturday <laughs> afternoon? But it has been uh, a brilliant, brilliant Pod. Uh, coming into golden slipper of course punters uh, as we always say send us through any feedback that you do have and I, i've mentioned to you before fish we're not getting any uh, we're perfect but we might hear about uh, Lloydie's goggles from the start of the pod who knows uh thank you Lloydie, for for joining us this week and you'll be joining us for the rest of the the championships going forward is that correct
2: yeah mate look um hopefully unless Unless Fish wants to keep stealing my thunder and tip everything that I tip, uh, <laughs> I find something else, something better to do on a Thursday night. But no, that's certainly the, um, the plan, fellas. It's been good fun being back on uh, a busy couple of weeks prior and you know, we've got a few good weekends of racing coming up, so I look forward to it. Mate,
1: you have absolutely feel to the storm. today with, with all your selections there joining me. So hopefully on our group chat on the weekend, we'll be uh, riding some winners over Rose Hill. We'll give you a wrap as well. Um, Doutland's one of my best for the weekend as well. There in the first race, eight dollars I've already loaded into it. So hopefully uh, we put punters onto a winner there as well, or you have anyway. And uh, yeah, once again, thanks Jackie. Great podcast, and I'm uh, looking forward to the weekend.
0: And uh, as you always know, punters previews will be up on Saturday around Saturday morning. There, go to bet with brilliance on Facebook and Instagram. You'll see everything from uh, fish goggles and eye. Uh, we'll be back on Monday or Tuesday there for a review pod whether we're graced with Nick's presence or not that's yet to be confirmed tune in and you'll find out Um, but we'll be back to review hopefully we get a golden slipper day run and we can come back and have a talk about it but thanks again for joining me boys Uh, bet up have a fill up on the weekend punters and uh, we will see you next week for the review pod thank you
1: thanks fellas cheers mate